Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm here with Tyler Jones, and we're here pretty excited about prospects for a Hawks team that can play like they did tonight. Uh, what'd you think, Tyler? I mean, they, that was a complete basketball game from the Hawks, and you know, the Hawks had a pretty good second half to the season, uh, especially when Trey Young... Uh, had it going late, but they didn't have many type of games like this where they just won the basketball t- game by being better, being smarter, um, executing late on both ends of the floor. You know, not, no wild place. It wasn't wild place. It was just being a professional basketball team and being better on a night where the Pistons were missing their best basketball player. And that's, you know, let's see if they can carry this throughout the season. Um, you know, it's only one game, but it was just a great performance from really everyone uh, on this night. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of best basketball players, Trey Young was the Hawks' best basketball player, and Ooh. <laughs> he was something else. What that first half, I mean, that, that was incre- like truly incredible basketball from him, and you know, it's something we talked about really early when we were talking about Trey Young in summer league, his first summer league, you know, all the way last year was that, you know, to get him going three, get him going. You want to get him going uh, with his three point shot with catch and sh- shoot opportunities. And that's not something the Hawks really could do last season with the limited ball handlers. But now with Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, uh, Bembry, Evan Turner, they, Jabari Parker, it was just like there were, he had multiple catch and shoot opportunities where he's, you know, he's spotting up six feet away from the basket. And for him, that's a good look. Uh, he can make those with regularity. And that really got him going. And then, you know, beyond that, the Hawks played, you know, Hawks play a style of basketball where the big has to guard the three point line. You know, Alex Lynn, you know, he didn't have it going offensively, but just his, uh, just his, spacing on the floor was solid throughout this entire night uh and you you could see that with everybody bruno as well when he was on the floor uh john collins when he played the five like the hawks their positioning on the floor allows for trey young to get easy looks at the rim because all he has to do is beat one man and finish at the rim he can do that like trey like there's there are very few human beings alive that can really stay in front of trey young um when he has space to operate with his uh, dribble, and so it was just a, it was just an outstanding, it was just an incredible performance, especially that first half. Like you're not, 
Like we, I, I'm hoping we see we see more of that from Trey Young and from this team in general. Um, now, if they can combine that off, and they, and you saw in the second half, they were able to play better defensively. Whereas first, you know, it was kind of, <laughs> it, it wasn't great. Put it that way. Yeah, I, you know, you talk about the defense, and it, mm-hmm. there, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about in terms of. Uh, the positives until late in the game, but I thought it was interesting what they did late. There was a lot of situations where they started trapping the ball handler in a game where, you know, most of the night the the Pistons were the trapping team trying to get the ball out of Trey Young's hands because he was doing the things he was doing. And really that's just going to be something that Trey Young sees every night. But, you know, in the fourth quarter, they were able to use some Trey Young, uh, DeAndre Bembry trapping out on the perimeter and you're able to do that because, mm. you know, DeAndre Hunter, he's a grown-up, <laughs> right? I mean, he's I mean, just a grown-up in terms of playing the right defense, being a big, strong body. Like, if he gets matched up on a center because you're in rotation, because you trapped out on the perimeter, that's a very different rotation than, you know, what it would have been with, you know, somebody like Kent Bazemore. Like, Kent Bazemore's not going to be able to keep Andre Drummond from getting where he wants to go. DeAndre Hunter can kind of do it. Like, not every play, not for 12 seconds at a time, but in a pinch, yeah, he can do that. I mean, here's what, to me, here's what happened. The Hawks were able to run, play a switching defense late. And the Pistons really didn't have the creators to handle that. Like, once the Hawks were able, like, once John Collins was able to switch out on the pick and roll and then they they could do fun stuff like trap hedge and recover like they they were doing they were doing unique things because they had the personnel to do that um and like i i just want to get this out the way i thought this was one of john collins like best basketball games as a professional on both ends of the floor like he like it was throughout the night with him um, he brought it on both ends all night, and it really showed on the fourth quarter where he made some play. Like he made some plays that essentially sealed the game. Uh, you know his, you know he picked Derrick Rose's pocket and, and went all the way for the and one, and that that was basically it. Um, that was a Pistons. backbreaker. Yeah, and th- you know that's that's something he didn't do last year. Like you know for better and worse, and I I'm a John Collins defender on his defense, and I constantly said like. You know, in John's defense, the Hawks have not been able to switch on these picking on anything. And he's of the type, he's a he's a type of basketball player who, you know, he needs to be able to do multiple type of things. He was better, he was better than traditional pick and roll, but to me it felt like particularly when they were able to switch, they were able to uh really control what the Pistons could or couldn't do. And overall, and I think in general in the second half, the Hawks were playing better. Uh, defensively, um, really, uh, you know, you saw DeAndre Hunter late get a, get a hand on the ball, but I really thought Cam Reddish had some really wild plays defensively, um, off the ball, his rotations to cover shooters, his length, like he, his quickness, he was really good. Like Cam Reddish defensively was really good throughout the night. Yeah, I was gonna say um, he's one of the people who was good at defense in the first half. Yeah, and here, here, he, and I, I need to give credit with credit. Uh, is due to Lloyd Pierce. I think a lot of the Hawks' improvement overall in the second half was that he just did a better job of matching up with what the Pistons were doing 
on the floor, who they had on the floor. Uh, in the first half, he ran out a lineup with Bruno Fernando, Vince Carter, and Jabari Parker when Andre Drummond was on the floor alongside Markeith Mark Morris. And, like, that that lineup's just not going to work. Like, the, like, Bruno isn't – like, Bruno just is – he's too young, too raw to be asked to guard somebody of Drummond's caliber by himself without any help. Right. Um, so what – what you saw when you saw Jabari Parker go off in that in that third quarter run, he did that when when one Drummond wasn't on the floor, and Marquis Morris wasn't on the floor. So essentially, the Pistons didn't have an answer for Jabari Parker's size and physicality. And that, like you know, Jabari Parker is, is a good like a good offensive basketball player. You have to guard him with guys like size guys of physicality. And the Pistons ran out of those guys essentially. Like. Uh, Dwayne Casey doesn't have the rotation, especially with Blake Griffin not being available to play. Like they just didn't have the physicality to match up, and that's really where the Hawks uh, broke away from the Pistons uh, late in that third quarter. And it's and again, it's credit because Pierce just did a smarter job of matching up of guys he knew could have a physical um, type of advantage uh, against the Pistons due to their limited rotation. Yeah, Jabari just looks really strong. There was there was a sequence where Drummond tried to back him down, and you know if there's a test in the NBA in terms of standing up when somebody's trying to back you down, Drummond might be the toughest test. And Parker didn't really cede any ground, and Drummond kind of fell off of the shot a little bit when he tried a little baby hook, and Parker essentially made him miss. And then there was another play where, and it was in the stretch that you were just talking about when Jabari got hot and Drummond wasn't out on the floor. He basically caught a pass directly under the basket. And by the time he reeled it in and, you know, kind of gathered himself, the Pistons had, you know, dunked down to help. They dove, dove down under the rim and kind of walled him off behind the basket. And he just kind of took his time, took his time. And then, you know, when the moment was right, just kind of laid it up as, as, as high as he could. You know, what's, what's the most I can get out of my legs to kind of jump back? in front of the backboard and put up a layup. And he, he just powered his way through. It would have been a different story if Drummond had been out there, but just the fact that he could just essentially jump through the defense to do that, I think is a huge indication of, you know, where his legs are at in terms of uh, having bounce. Yeah, I mean, he I mean, he just looks great. Fit. Like, he, he always plays this way. When, when Jabari Parker's at his best is when he's going downhill, he has a physical advantage, and he can just play bully ball. And that's what he did with, with uh, Tony Snell and Thon McCor, um late in that third quarter. You know, that 4-5 that of Jabari Parker and John Collins really caused that lineup problems because they, they just flat out didn't have the physicality to match them. Um, yep. and, and the Hawks were able to – I mean, that, if we want to break down what happened in this game, the Hawks and Pistons were, were, um, were basically, you know, going off on offense in the first half. Yep. Neither could stop – Stopped the other. Then in the third quarter, Pierce matched up. He put lineups out there that made more sense. You know, he didn't leave, he didn't put Bruno on an island like he did last time. You could put John. You could like you, you know John is older. He's a smarter basketball player than Bruno is at, at this stage of his career. And so you can put John with more defensively incapable guys because. Like to me, I'm gonna be honest. Like a lot of the first half problems, like you, if we go rewatch what happened, was a lot of it was Jabari Parker and Vince Carter just 
not being able to uh, just not being where they need to be as help defenders. And they played a lot. They played um, a lot of minutes in that first half alongside Kevin Herter, just, you know, not being ready to play. Um, he was Kevin Herter uh, in general was a lot better in that second half, but um, you, you have know, to put Fernando in there too. Cause oh, absolutely. he was not, Fernand, he was Fernand, Fernand, Fernando was incredible in the second half, like for, yes. for his age, you know, the, the round we picked him in, like he, he just brought that physicality It's something, you know, just look at the rosters. The Pistons don't have it. And the Hawks were able to be the more physical basketball team alongside Trey Young's incredible playmaking on offense. And that carried them through when they got into that fourth quarter where they really turned up the heat on defense. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll say it again. You know, I, I, felt, I felt like this was, you know, one of John Collins' best performances as a pro on both ends of the floor, especially on defense throughout the night. Uh, really, his defensive rebounding one was key throughout the night. Um, and then to his ability to switch out and, the, you know, his, his, his quick feet, his hands and his, you know, he made the play that one, to, like to me, he made the play that ultimately sealed the game. Uh, when he, when he ripped the ball from Derrick Rosen and got a, and one dunk on the other end going for, um, going both ends, you know, that's something John Collins flat out didn't do his, like, to me, I don't think he ever did that his first two years of his career. Um, he, you know, John had also had another major block on Derrick Rose that really, you know, snuffed a good drive by Rose, who, by the way, was incredible. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, D Rose, like, I'm, I'm personally happy that he he's back physically to to at least where he's a good NBA player again. And yeah. uh, he he had springing, he had bounce, uh, he had the mid range going, and you know, he, he doesn't have the complete explosion but you know he 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 was good he was good uh he was he was a lot better than reggie jackson you know reggie jackson going down kind of hurt the hawks chances but hawks ended up pulling it out anyway. <laughs> oh, wow. so uh maybe that's a segue uh because the hawks came out and they didn't put trey on reggie jackson they didn't put him on the ball you know guarding the point guard they did that with cam reddish tonight and, you know, I think that's something to keep an eye on. The Pistons are kind of a weird team because Reggie's such a big guard. Um, and so it was kind of a natural matchup to kind of put Trey and have him guard Brown and have him go under the screens on Brown. And Brown's not a big guy. You know, he's probably not even bigger than Jackson. So it was kind of very natural. But it's, it's something to keep an eye on. What, what did you think of... Uh, Cam Reddish defensively in that position guarding Reggie on the ball. I mean, he he locked him up. Uh, <laughs> Reggie couldn't get clean looks uh, anywhere on the floor. Cam Reddish was incredible defensively. Like to me, throughout the night, uh, I think he was the best defender throughout. Uh, he was, you know, the offense isn't there, uh, the shots not there yet, but defensively, like he had some wild plays and. Uh, like really rotating off the ball, helping, recovering to his man in the corner, um, contesting. Like he was just, he was just incredible. Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter were two guys the Hawks simply have not had since Davos Sevalosha, period. And then you can also add Evan Turner, who sneakily I thought played really well. He was just a pro. Like he was just a pro on both ends. Like he knew where to be on defense. Um, you know, again, you're able to switch when he's he's out there, and then on offense. You know, when the Pistons were trapping, 
just having another guy to handle the basketball to really, you know, wind the clock down, like, that's that's major. Like, these are all things the Hawks flat out did not have uh, last season. And it's good to see, if, you know, through game one that, you know, Schlenk's plan for this team kind of worked out. Yeah, and uh, it, it really did. I enjoyed Travis on the broadcast tonight a lot. <laughs> he's he's uh, he's warming up to the media. Not that he wasn't warm to the media, but he just he seems more comfortable in that role. Let's put it that way. He was cracking jokes, and you know, he he sounded like a third broadcaster in the booth more than a general manager. So I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. He's a funny guy. I mean, he is a very funny guy. He's got, he's got but a, he's he got doesn't always guy. show it with the mic in his hand, and he did tonight. Yeah, yeah. He has he has some great quips at, you know, again, Slank and Pierce are. We I've said this before on multiple podcasts, but they're really refreshing in how open they are to the media. Like they they're just themselves. Like, I, you know, we don't get everything from those two, but you know, they offer a lot of who they are as people to us as fans and that's you know as a as a fan of the team it's great to see yeah uh kevin herter <laughs> i'll let you be the bad guy no he he had a rough going uh yeah he got five fouls but, i think two of the fouls were kind of crap because he just kind of slapped the ball and hit the ball but just in terms of turnovers you know shooting there were a lot of plays where he kind of dribble dribble and it looked like he just wanted to kind of get rid of it as soon as he could, but there was nowhere to go, and he just was just kind of dribbling out some time until he could figure out what to do next. I don't know. Yeah, he was rusty. I mean, you, he looked rusty. You get a pass uh, for that. And it's, you know, it, it makes sense. It, yeah. He basically didn't play basketball for, what, almost three weeks now? Yeah. Um, to get that knee right. And, you know, again, in that second half, uh, he was a lot better. He was more under control uh, on defense, and you yes. know his he, he he made some key passes on offense too. Like his again, his ability to just run the offense with Trey off the ball. Because again, the Pistons get like the Pistons in the second half were like we're not gonna let Trey torch us um, like we did in the first half. We're gonna get the ball out of his hands, force the other guys to make plays. And Kevin Herter was a part of that. Make guys who were making plays um, on offense. Um, you know he didn't have. He didn't have he he didn't have the flow completely uh, throughout the game, but you know I'm not worried about him as long as as long as he comes out of this game healthy, like he his knee feels good. That that's really the thing I'm concerned about. Right. It's just gonna it's gonna take time for him to get back into uh, NBA shape, um, t- the type of shape the Hawks need need him to be in. Yeah, and he's not gonna. It's you know the way the schedule is now, the way that they avoid back to backs, but pretty much have a game. Every other day, it's going to be hard for him to get that kind of work without the games because there aren't going to be that many practices. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see. Um, I thought, Alex, you know, it's funny what Alex Len brings to to an NBA game. And, you know, if you compare it to, you know, what the Hawks had in Deadman. Obviously, you know, it's nice when they had both Deadman and Len. And, you know, Fernando obviously showed a ton of promise. But I kind of feel like, the overall rebounding effort is going to be a little bit better with Len out there. Like he might not even be the one to get the rebounds, but just having him out there next to John, kind of drawing the attention of the defense, I think that's, you know, if, if John's playing four against some of these bigger lineups, 
I think it's going to help John rebound. Because I think he's a bigger, stronger presence than Deadman was. I I mean, I thought Alex Lynn played good. Like, yeah. he played well. Um, really on both ends of the floor. Like, um, you know, his defense around the rim, he, he was really good. Yes. Uh, he he contested a lot of shots. Pistons had trouble scoring over him scoring over him late and you know the points like the 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 numbers aren't going to look it but you know to me I thought I thought he was really good um he wasn't out there late because you know it, it was just smarter of the Hawks to to go with John Collins to be able to switch but you know his overall floor game like that's that's what's so good like I I talked about this earlier and I you know and it bears repeating that just his spacing on the floor you know, his like his, just him being positioned behind the three-point line forces whoever's guarding him to guard guard him. Like they have to guard him. They can't just give him an open three-point shot. Yeah. Um. And so that just opens up the lane for Trey Young. Like that pulls the shot blocking bit big away from the rim. Him and John Collins both space are perfectly spaced, and it allows Trey Young to go one-on-one. And the Pistons didn't have an answer for it. And until they until they decided, all right, we're gonna play, we're gonna play Trey on ninety feet, ninety four feet. We're gonna go, face guard him, get the ball out of his hands, trap him, all that good stuff. Um, you know, to really you know take away Trey's raw scoring ability. And you know, you the Hawks were they they still didn't like this is them doing that didn't stop the Hawks from scoring. Like the Hawks still got you know more or less the shots they wanted, really all night. Um, and you know, I, I think Alex Lynn was a really good, really good part of that. Yeah. One thing that's going to be interesting is, you know, we need, when he's not playing with John, you know, if he's out there with like Vince or somebody, he's going to get used more as a role man than he did last year. Like anytime you've got Len and Collins out there together, you know, it's more natural to have Collins as the role man and Len as the spot up shooter, which I think. It was kind of ideal for Alex because he doesn't catch the ball particularly well on the move or finish particularly, you know, he's not a strong finisher at the rim. But, you know, there are going to be more lineups, I think, this year where he has to be the role man, and that's that's more of a challenge than, than just when he's just used as a shooter. That's fair, but he also has a pretty solid post game, um, especially he when he has a mismatch. Game, but I'm talking about on the move. I'm no, no, as a role man, that's you know two yeah. different things. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, but I mean overall, like you know, he's he's a willing roller. Like uh, yes, yeah, and that's that's you know that's half the battle. And I like I think he doesn't have the best hands, but like it's he's also not the worst I've seen. Like he's he's just per he's mediocre hands, put it that way. And it's it's like I think honestly he probably has average hands for a big man. Overall, the problem is that John Collins catches literally everything to the point that it's surprising when he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, Trey Young had him, gave him a sweet dime, and John just didn't see the ball. And that was surprising because John typically yeah, he was just catches everything regardless of where the ball is. Yeah, that was a good pass. Um, you know, Alex, to me, Allison's hands are fine. Like, I'm not – like, he's going he's gonna to cough the ball up. He's going to boost easy chances. But overall, through an 82-game season – like it's good enough. They're not. I've seen a lot worse from Bigs. Yeah, um, and, I, and I he's think, not that. And I don't mean to put. Sometimes there's a connotation that goes with that. You know, sometimes if you see a big man who has bad hands, you you, you say, well, you know, 
kind of what goes with that is he just doesn't have a feel for the game. You know, that maybe he's late, played, got to basketball late in life or, you know, just isn't entirely comfortable or isn't athletic. Like, Len is none of those things. Like, he's smart. He has a super feel for the game. He's just not great at catching the ball. And so, like, yeah. some, of, some of the things that, you know, stereotypically go with being a guy with bad hands, they don't apply to Len. It's just that act of catching the ball. Just kind of a rough one for him. Yeah, he doesn't have the greatest touch around the rim, but at the same time, he's really good at overpowering mismatches. Um, yes. Um, and that's something like he, he had an opportunity tonight to do it, and he just, you know, he he missed a little baby hook or he, something. Yeah, he missed he missed it, but it was a good look. It was a good shot, uh, yeah. And then he had – then another time, he and Herter just um, didn't have proper uh, communication. He got a three-second violation when he had – like Herter had him. Yep, he just He'd sealed off past. the inside, yep. Yeah, he he had it sealed perfectly. Like Herder, Herder's a, a good enough passer to make that play. You know, it's just yeah. again Herder's just. Although the violation, the viol- Len should have still avoided the violation. Cause, agree, agree. Because he tried to, he kind of half reset and said he could have got his feet all the way out of the lane, and he kind of got half out of out of the lane. And you know, he's just mm-hmm. got to be clean and get all the way out of the lane. But yes, you're right. The pass should have been there, and it should have been a bucket. All right. Oh, wow. I guess, I don't know. I want to talk more about DeAndre Hunter. <laughs> uh, offensively, he's, what do you see from him? I mean, he's just good, honestly. Um, he's just a good basketball player. <laughs> you know, he's money when he's open on catch-and-shoot threes. Yeah, that's huge. And he's got a great floor game. Now, I will say... Uh, when the Pistons initially started trapping Trey Young and, the, yep. and that allowed them to come back in the game, both he and Reddish were doing were it felt like they were too scared to make a play with the ball in their hands. Right. And it was good to see in the second half that wasn't that much of an issue um, because, you know, in that first quarter, like, you know, Hunter had, had some quality plays and pick and roll. Um, that, you know, while he didn't finish the play, you know, it, it opened up the lane for easy buckets for John Collins in particular. But, you know, both he and Reddish, I felt, were doing a lot of ball watching that the end of the first half where that's just youth. Like, you know, Trey Young having an incredible first half, but you got to remember that you got to play your game too. And so it was good to see, you know, Hunter really bounce back really in that in that fourth quarter. He had, he had a, two big-time uh, three-pointers that really – that helped to seal the game uh, for them. And, I mean, he's just solid. Like, he's solid. He's good on defense. He can switch. Um, he, had a, he had a key steal late um, just due to him reading where where, the, that was where somebody wanted to. Yeah. Because the Hawks had trapped, and he had to guard two people in that situation. Yep. He had to yep. keep a body on Drummond, and he had another piston to worry about. And he still had the presence of mind to kind of sniff out that pass and, and set up eventually was Bembry, I think, got a dunk out of it. Exactly. And he was just but he's just he he doesn't play like a rookie. Like the only time he played like a rookie was in that first half. I mean, was in the end of that first half bet. Overall, like I thought he was but he was just flat out good. Like and both he and Reddish and Bruno all showed why the Hawks, you know, drafted him. They played you know, they all had, you know, great rookie debuts to me. And um, hopefully they can continue this for, you know, it's a long season. And this was just one game against, again, a team missing their best basketball player. 
if the Pistons had Blake Griffin, a lot of things, things pro- this game would have been a lot tighter um, on both ends. But, uh, you know, without Blake, the Hawks were really able to take advantage of their superior superior athletes, really. Like, just in general. Like, they just out-athleted, out-physical. You know, they were bigger. They were longer. And, you know, it really showed throughout the game. Yeah, you know, one of the things that Hunter didn't do particularly great, and it's going to be really key because, you know, we've mentioned enough that teams are going to trap Trey. And so there are going to be plays where essentially, if, you know, if, if the defense is up on them, they're going to have to catch the ball and make a quick move to try to get behind the defense uh, as opposed to the plays where the defense is back and they're just going to have to get the shot up. But those plays where they kind of got to catch and go, they're going to have to be careful not to travel because there's just going to be so many of those this season if Trey keeps playing like this. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to be you gotta be ready. <laughs> just in general, like, you got to be ready. Like, uh, Hunter got a couple of travels where he just, you know, wasn't prepared for the ball or didn't expect it or whatever. Just you know, Or, you know, it was just, you know, it's also, you know, the NBA – uh, it's different than college. You, you, you know, it's weird. You, one thing you can't get a, like they say they a lot of people travel in the NBA a lot more. The one thing you can't get away with is traveling. Um, you know, before you catch the ball, like they will call that every time. Um, you know, these refs, these refs are, they will call that every time. Um, and so you just got to be, you know, you got to be cognizant of that. Um, you gotta either have your pivot foot set before the catch so that you can explode when you catch the ball or, you know, you got to dribble. Like you just got to dribble before you, you move. That's, that's just how, how the league calls it. Um, but he'll learn like, uh, you know, I, those types of plays, we see that happen often early in the season too, because guys are adjusting um, to how, you know, refs call call things, and you know, I wouldn't, I, I don't expect for a, a hundred to be a high turnover guy um, on the season. No, no, no. It's just he's going to be in that situation a lot. I think, especially if you know, if they stay with Reddish and Hunter as starters. Uh, do you have an opinion on that? Like, who, who long term, um, what do you think the best fit is for them? I think it might be Reddish. I mean, just. Just the way the the I mean that's more talking more about the bench really than it is about the starters, but he almost Reddish almost feels like a good fit there as a starter personnel wise for like what they need in that role. Um, yeah, you could say that, but Herter is just so much better. Like Her, Kevin Herter is a good basketball player. I know, um, they, but you don't always start your five best players. Yeah, but Kevin Herter, like there were time like those moments in particular where. It felt like Herder, Herder. I mean Reddish and uh, Hunter uh, were kind of just ball watched. Like Herder is just a smarter basketball. Like Herder is just better offensively. Like if they if the Hawks would have had them, uh, they might have won. Like if he would have if he would have if if Herder's healthy, like this is not even a debate to me. Uh, so it's, he's just. I mean he's just so good, and you know Reddish. Uh, for all his gifts, like it's gonna it's gonna take some time for him offensively, uh, you know, find where where he, where his spots are going to be on the floor. Like he's just right. he's got a lot of talent, but you know the you know smarter teams are going to not defend him. 
um, I'll just put it that way, just due to the fact that he's not. I mean, it kind of felt like, like the Pistons did some of that too. I mean, there were yeah. You look at his jump shots, and you know those situations where he did take the jump shot. It just felt like he, you know, he made the right decision. Just yeah, they did ball this thing go in, and the that's ball the difference. Didn't go in. Between, yeah, Herder, Herder, the ball goes in because he's one of the best shooters. Yeah, um, in the NBA, so like that's uh, yeah. You know, I, mean, I don't, I, I don't I, disagree I, with no, your facts. I just kind no, of feel but, the opposite, just because. You're, you're talking about, well, you know, worrying about the starters' offense. And I don't worry about the starters' offense. I worry about the starters' defense. And I worry about the bench offense, especially in situations where Collins want, isn't the I, want, I, I feel like Herter could also do some some stuff defensively as well. He can't yeah. probably guard uh, the way Reddish can. But, I, like, I do think he's going to be able to switch um, two through four with uh, he and Collins. I thought, I thought he had a couple pretty good contests, actually, around the rim. And he held up physically. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one play where Mar- I thought Markeith was going to go through him, and he held up. Like he didn't give up the easy layup. Um, that's something he was doing last year. And so, and like I'm, I'm just like overall, like I like Reddish a lot, but I can see a, a scenario where Hunter, Herder, and, and Collins are the first two guys coming off the bench for Reddish and and Jabari Parker, just so that you know they can get. They can that second that second unit uh, can get more offense with Herder on the floor because yeah you know to me here he, here's here's at the bottom line Kevin Herter is the third best basketball player on this team um, and so like you just start your best you start your best guys um, and and like I, I I like I do understand like the fit like the role with Reddish makes sense and like Reddish again his defense was incredible but at the same time like. You know, Herder's like Herder's too good of a basketball player um, to really for him to have lost his spot due to an injury that he couldn't control. When, like to me, he's just a lot better than Reddish is right now. Yeah. All right. Well, I, in in my defense, there, you know, with the other things that I've said, I would still play Herder more minutes. I'm just trying to kind of get a get a blend, so to speak. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with you, but um, you know. I, I feel like you can do that with still starting starting okay. reddish. Yeah, uh, just kind of do the same thing like you do with Collins. Here's the thing, That's fair. To, to be fair, because like you know, you you can see a scenario where Collins and uh, Alex Lynn offense you know is hampered due to not having that spacing that Kevin Herter provides, right? Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you know, oh, of course, tra- all of this has a trade off. Yep. All of this has a trade off, and so I, you know, I until like if reddish was was as good as good as a shooter as um as Herter was then mm-hmm. absolutely but you know he's not there yet as a basketball player and you know I I've, I've been like I I'm more I'm optimistic about Herter just as an overall player um I'm really on both ends of the floor and and to me like I, I want to see Herter play alongside Trey Young and DeAndre Hunter and John Collins before I make any assumptions that you know reddish would be a better better fit um but but again like to me there there, there are stuff that lord pierce can do to because i mean if you look at what, what what if you look at what he did with collins in the first half you know collins only played 12 minutes and he was the first guy to come off the floor for jabari parker with like eight minutes to go or eight minutes to go in the first quarter yeah and i feel like you could do something similar with herder if you want to do that offense for defense blend like you can do that and really because 
I mean, there's also some locker room stuff. Like, you just can't start. Like, out of, you can start – starting Hunter makes sense. Starting Reddish, you know, Herter losing his spot. Like, you know, I, I don't want any, uh, any of these guys to – oh, yeah, that's travel. Um, I don't want any of these guys to – I thought really, you were watching you know, a soccer game. I mean, it's over. Oh, okay. They won. They won. I, I mean, I knew there were no more goals because you would have been hooting and hollering for whatever the goal was, but I, I didn't know that the soccer game was over. So, the United won? Yeah, United won, and the Bucks came back and won as well. That's what I. Okay, good. What I'm watching now, but. Uh... All right. Well, that's good. Good. Good news there. Uh, thoughts on Tyrone Wallace? Really, do a hard left turn on you here. Uh, last seconds because I I gotta go. Yeah. But um, he was, he's a good pickup. You know, he, he fits the mode of what Travis Slank wants. He's big point guards. And, you know, he's just another, like, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with his game, but, you know, he's a good prospect. He's, you know, he's talented. And he was pretty good his rookie year with the Clippers. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to me, he's like, he's Evan Turner insurance if Turner doesn't work out. Again, I, you yeah, know. Yeah, I was going to say Tur- that not so much as if, if Turner doesn't work out, but, like, you know, Turner gets if if you know, let's say the Hawks aren't undefeated still in uh, January, and he wants to go somewhere else. Then you know, Wallace is a guy that kind of step in and take over that role for Turner. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you for uh, joining me late at night. We don't usually record this late. I kept you up past your bedtime. Uh, not well. It's not there, but it's getting pretty close. I I, I got an early I got an early work schedule now, so. I gotta, I gotta uh, get my Z's, but it was good talking to you, Kevin, and uh, thanks for having me. All right, have a good one, sir. You too.